I used to be a very timid, negative thinker and people pleaser. Then my relationship with God changed all that around. Now I have this podcast called The Essence of Life, where I share with people about various aspects of life. For example, your health, finances, personal development, your relationships, and of course, your spirituality. And just how you can balance all of these things together to live the abundantly blessed and balanced life that Jesus came for you to live. John 10.10 tells us, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came so that you can have life and to live it to the full and to enjoy it. If you would like to know more about this podcast, please subscribe for more content on living the abundantly balanced life. Sebo, sounds good. God bless you. Are you having trouble to start or maintain a relationship with God? Are you idolizing other people or things in your life instead of God? Are you afraid to commit yourself completely to having a relationship with God? My question to you in this podcast episode is, what has God done to you? What has he done to you that is so bad that you prefer to choose someone else over him that you prefer to walk away from him or you prefer to live your life outside of him i got this question when i was reading the book of jeremiah chapter two and it starts uh i'll take it from the top the word of the lord came to me go and proclaim in the hearing of jerusalem this is what the lord says i remember the devotion of your youth how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty, and disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, you descendants of Jacob, all you clans of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestor find in me God is asking what fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me they followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves they did not ask where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness through a land of deserts and ravines a land of drought and utter darkness a land where no one travels and no one lives i brought you into a fertile land to eat its fruit and rich produce but you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable what has god done to you honestly that you choose to turn away from him. I go down to verse 11 and it says, Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all, but my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. And this is an extremely good question to ask because there are religious belief systems that has never changed their gods and they are not even real gods. But yet we who profess to be followers and believers in the God of Jesus Christ 
the Trinity, with the Holy Spirit, Father and Son, we are the ones who continue to walk away. We are the ones who continue to be divided. We are the ones who continue to pull down each other. We are the ones who seek after other gods. What has God done to you? God wants to know what faults have you found in him. And it continues in verse 19. Your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, declares the Lord, the God Almighty. When I read this question, I don't necessarily want to say it bore me in my soul, but a part of me felt it. And I know that I am not God, but as an empathetic person, it's like a part of me felt that question. We serve a God that is faithful. We serve a God that we can boast that will always be there. We serve a God that we can boast of that we could run to because his name is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are saved. We serve a God that consistently shows up from the ancient of days to 2023 and beyond. We serve this type of God. Yet, the moment he does not give us the desirable, the moment we are not comfortable in his presence, we run away. He talks about backsliding and we rebuke him and we consider seeking other gods. Why are we so quick to give up on God? Why are we so quick to run away from God? Why are we so quick to stop worshiping God? Why are we so quick to stop reading the Bible? Why are we so quick to stop worshiping God? Why are we in and out of our relationship with God? Where is our consistency and faithfulness? That if we make up our mind that it is God, then it is God all the way. Why are we in God but we continue to, to have a wandering eye where we look at the world and the other doctrines and the other religious belief systems and we try to compare to see if we want to be enticed by what they have to offer. Why can't we fix our eyes on the God that we have chosen, the God of Jesus Christ, the God that has proven himself to us time and time again? Why do we persist in seeking other things? How can we know and see and taste and see that the Lord is good, but then we return back into the world and act like nothing has happened? Why is it that we can pray and beg and ask God and go down on our knees and fast and pray when we are in a difficult situation and we beseech God and we cry out unto God and we ask God to deliver us and the moment we are delivered, in fact, we make promises unto God. If you would deliver me, if you would set me free from this, I would do this, I would do that. I heard people during COVID and I will always go back to that time who continue to say, I can't wait for the church to be open so I could be there. Why do we pray and ask God for a job, a family, a husband, a car? But the moment we receive the materialistic blessing, it becomes our God and we idolize it and we forget that the God that gave it to us gives and takes away. How can we become so angry and consumed by the disappointment that we think that we're getting in God instead of looking at it as a blessing in disguise, understanding that our vision only sees what is before us while our God sees millions of years ahead of us? Why? What is the fault that we find in God? Where has God gone wrong in our lives? 
And I know that some people have been hurt by the pressures of life. You have been hurt by the church. You have been hurt by the death of a loved one. You have been hurt because you were raped. You have been hurt because you endured a specific circumstance and you questioned God and you said, where were you? Where were you when I was in the midst of that turmoil? Where were you? He was right there. He was right there. Holding your hands. Taking you through. And what I love about God in my understanding in going through and reading the Old Testament is that God will judge us and take us through circumstances, but he doesn't do it to live us there. He doesn't do it to crush us. As Tasha said in her song, he gracefully breaks us. And at the end of that, when he has shredded every part of us that is weak, when he has brought every part of us under the subjection of his voice, then he restores a million times more than what he took away. Job is a perfect example. Israel is a perfect example of the many times they disobeyed God. But the work and the promises of God had to be continued. And because they did, God continued to extend his hand of grace over these people. When we feel that we have been hurt by God, it is right, only right for us to ask ourselves, what did I do or not do? What did I fail to do? Is this a consequence? Is it not a consequence? And if it's not a consequence, then why can I not trust God, the creator of the universe, the one with all power to be beyond my imagination? Why can't I trust him? As the supernatural being, as the Lord and ruler of my life that I profess, to know that he has done something great. And even in the midst of my pain, he's doing something beautiful. Why can't we be like the three Hebrew boys that when they were sent into the fiery furnace because they were worshipping their God, they professed and they said something so powerful. They said, even if he does not save us, we will not worship any other God. How many of us believers today could safely say that even if God does not give us the desires of our hearts, that even if God does not show up in the moment that we expect him to, that even if God doesn't give us everything we want, that we will not worship another God, that we will stay faithful as he is faithful. How many times have you rejected God? How many times did you disobey him? How many times did you walk away from him? How many times? Times. Yet he remained faithful. Yet he remained reliable. Yet he remained dependent. Yet he remained the arms that you can run back to at any given point in your life. What has God done to you? He asked the question. He asked the question to his people. He said, this is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me? What fault are you finding in God that you think he doesn't deserve your loyalty? That you are ashamed to show and to walk circumspectly as a child of God? 
that you are on your job and you are ashamed of God, that you are in a state where there's a carnival season and after you have professed that you walked away from carnival, you walked away from carnality, you walked away from the flesh, but you are still looking, you are still looking and with a wondering eye trying to figure out what it looks like, like you still yearn to go back to that place, you are still opening your temple to be consumed and putting a crack that the enemy could enter and go back into your soul and tempt you to return and turn your back on God. How can we say that we love God and that he is our God and that he is our father and still have taste and a desire and a wandering eye for the things of the world, for other gods serving Baal, serving idols, creating idols with our gold, our silvers, with our materialistic riches. What has God done to us? What has he done to you? That is unforgivable. Yet we, we, we seek the forgiveness of God. Yet we forget the very essence of our doctrine, which is God so loved the world, John 3:16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would never perish, but have eternal life. The principles of God brings us so much life. The deeper I go in understanding the principles of God, the more I want to obey them. All he asks is that we believe in him first, that we receive his word, his word in the Bible. We receive it, then we believe it, and then we begin to walk in obedience unto it. If you say it is God, why is it that you can only give him a few months? Why is it that you can only give him a few years? Oh my goodness, why is it that God, there's a limit on the level of time that you can give unto God? God with your life what is it in the world that is so much more enticing and satisfying that you're willing to risk your relationship with God to go after I, I, I can't find the scripture right now but God looks at his people and he regards yes in Jeremiah 3 verse 6 it says God regards unfaithful Israel he calls the worshiping of other gods adultery when we go after other gods and we idolize other things and people outside of God, it's like committing adultery. A husband or a wife committing adultery, going outside, we complain about infidelity, we complain about unfaithfulness, yet we ourselves are unfaithful unto the very one who created us and breathed life into us. What has God done to you to deserve the disrespect the dishonor that you show unto him, that you exhibit unto him. Some people have no have lost so much regard for God that they disrespect even his very servant. They disrespect even his very people. If you knew who God really was, the people who represent him, if you knew of the story of the Israelites, uh, the enemies feared them not because of them, but the enemies feared them because of the very God that they serve. The, the people served God because Daniel went into a lion's den and was not chewed up. The people served God because the three Hebrew boys went into a fiery furnace and were not burned. The people served God because after throwing Jonah overboard, the sea and the storm was over. The people served God because when David raged war upon the enemies, he was always victorious. The people knew of the power of God. 
Yet the world has grown so disrespectful unto God that they emulate the very sin that he calls sin. The very things that he calls sin, we continue to magnify it in the world that he creates. What has God done to you? If your relationship with God is fickle, to the point where you think you are still in a relationship, but you're still looking out, you still have a wandering eye, where God is not the only God that you see. Ask yourself that question. What has God done to deserve this? What has he done? Think back on the many times that he showed up for you. What has God done to you? When you think about the power of God, when you think about the grace And if you're too blind to see, ask him, Father, show me the grace. Give me eyes to see more of who you are so I can know and not miss it. Jesus is coming soon for his people. He's coming back for a bride that is blameless, spotless and clean. Where are the true believers? If we say we are of God, then it's either God or the other guy. There's no in-between. The scripture says in Revelations that God vomits the lukewarm. The world is passionate about its own. It magnifies its own. It is time for the children of God, the true children of God, to rise up and truly say, not have a form of godliness, but be completely godly, aspiring to be holy, seeking after God so that we can know who he is, seeking after God and understanding that we can delight ourselves, reading his word daily, worshiping him daily, praying and talking and listening to him daily delighting ourselves in these things to the point where he gives us and grants us the desires of our heart stop treating the things of God like a chore stop treating the things of God like a task stop treating the things of God like a burden when he is the one who gives you the very breath that wakes you up every day where is the honor that God deserves he is the Lord of God and he must get the glory He must get the praise. It's either God or nothing. What has God done to you? This is a question I would like to ask us as we step into the new month of August. So many people didn't make it to see August 2023. But here we are. Ask yourself that question. For the next few months, ask yourself that question. As you prepare and plan for the rest of the year, hoping that God will give you the grace to see it to the end and even more years to come. We can always call on God, but can God call on us? Can he count on us? What has God done to you that he doesn't deserve your very best? What has God done to you that he doesn't deserve to be number one in your life? What has God done to you that you think he cannot restore a hundred times and over? Thank you so much for listening to the Essence of Life podcast. I want to give a special shout out to Turks and Caicos. Oh my goodness, within a space of a few days or a day or two, you jumped to the top five spot on the podcast. 
I don't know who you are, but I thank you so much for connecting with the Essence of Life podcast. I pray and hope that it continues to bless you. Send me a message wherever you're listening and let me know how the episodes are blessing you. I also want to give a special shout out to St. Kitts and Nevis. You too have climbed up the bar to be a part of the top 10 listeners across the world. Thank you so much for connecting with me. And of course, I love to hear from my Essence listeners. So please feel free to connect with me on any platform that I'm at. Spotify, Apple, Facebook, The Essence of Life, Netisha Ali Grant. Find me, connect with me. Let me know how this podcast is blessing you and how God is using it for his glory in your life. God bless you and see you next time. Seba, sounds good. <laughs>